Welcome to the Help and Hope podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. I'm Sharon Betters, your host for today, and I am so excited to introduce to you Barbara and Stacy Riach. Barbara and Stacy are going to jump headfirst into a topic that is sure to generate a lot of discussion and maybe even some confrontation, mother-in-law and daughter-in-law relationships. If you're like me, I know you've heard plenty of mother-in-law jokes, but we can also remember daughters-in-law who easily roll their eyes when their mothers-in-law are mentioned. And so Barbara and Stacy's perspective on how two women who love the same man can not only get along, but cultivate a deep loving friendship really does go against our culture's view of mother-in-law and daughter-in-law relationships. So Barbara and Stacy, I want to welcome you to the Help and Hope podcast. I know that our conversation is going to encourage those mothers and daughters who really do long for not an in-law relationship, but a friendship. So welcome. Before we jump into talking about um, in-law relationships, and as I've shared with you, I wish there was another name for that connection, but tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, I am a pastor's wife. I've been married to Barb's oldest son, Ben, for 22 years. And we have four children that range in ages from 18 down to eight. So we're in kind of every stage of parenting from college to second grade. And I love writing. I've written for different ministries like Desiring God and Gospel Coalition and have published one other book before making room for her called Wilderness Wanderings. And I'm delighted to be here. Well, welcome. And I was going to say you're on all those different seasons of life. Oh my goodness. You have, <laughs> I bet your plate is full. Very busy. It very is busy. very full, but full of good things. Yes, good things. And how about you, Barb? Well, I'm also delighted to be with you today, Sharon talk with you and Stacy together, but I have the great joy of being a wife to Ron and we have to pinch ourselves. This is our 50th year together in marriage. <laughs> I'm the mother to three adult children and mother-in-law to two amazing people, one of whom is Stacy, and the grandmother to seven really precious kiddos. I taught Bible study fellowship classes for many years. And after that season, I served as the director of the children's division of BSF. So now I write from my home in Minnesota. And as I look out my window, I have to remind myself that I'm learning to love snow again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to just put a plug in, uh, check out Barb's books for children. They're wonderful. Check them out. So we're talking about mother-in-law and daughter-in-law relationship. And anybody knows you you could, comedians can make a bundle by their mother-in-law jokes, but there are also negative things to say about daughters-in-law. You know, we have a mess here, uh, it seems like. Why do you think that is? I think, you know, the main thing is it's two women who love the same man and who are very invested in his life. So, you know, on one hand, there's the mother who's birthed him and raised him and driven him to hundreds of practices, probably, and watched him grow up and get married. And then on the other side, there's this new young wife who's 
excited to start a family with him and begin a new life together. And there's kind of just that tension of, you know, are we going to keep the traditions that we were raised with? Are we going to keep the traditions of our parents or are we going to forge a new path and do our own thing? So I think just with all those decisions and everybody having a new role, it can create tension. Barb, what do you think are some of the ways that um, a daughter-in-law can hurt her mother-in-law or make that transition more difficult? Well, I think that all of those differences that Stacy just mentioned are really key factors. Um, but as you and I know, Sharon, there are things that lurk behind those differences. And a daughter-in-law comes into the relationship with her mother-in-law with expectations, even though they may start out as very good desires, it's easy for expectations to become unreasonable. Um, I also think that a daughter-in-law can have a first impression of her mother-in-law and just sort of stick to it. And of course, that just builds up a judgmental spirit that leads to a lot of criticism. I think comparisons can lead to envy and jealousy. It's so easy for a daughter-in-law who's just establishing her role as a married woman to compare herself to the more mature, experienced woman Mm -hmm. and approach that differently. She can resist it. She can feel inferior to it. So it's a matter of roles, as Stacy said and put so well, we don't often understand our new roles and we step on each other's toes. I was talking to a friend about our conversation, our upcoming conversation, and she laughed and she said, yeah, we have to learn to stay in our lanes. <laughs> and that I thought that's such a good way of putting it. And I think back to when I was a young wife, my mother-in-law and I got along really well, but her, we might talk about this later, but her uh, tradition totally Lebanese, 100% Lebanese, and their view of the matriarch in the home is quite different from what I was raised with. Mm. You know that you start a separate home. It's not in the, the matriarch and patriarch's home. They don't have responsibility over you anymore and that sort of thing. And so that was a little bit of a tension, but I'll never forget one time, and it's so silly, and I wish I could apologize to her. She was over for dinner and we were having spaghetti and she was ready to put sauce on the spaghetti before we put it on the table. And I said, that's not how we do it here. (laughs) I look back and I think how arrogant and prideful, but I was trying to set, this is my house and we do things my way in my house. What a stupid thing for me to use is where I'm going to draw the line in the sand, I think. Well, how did you two know that you needed to write this book? from your personal experience or from what you saw in others, because let's face it, the two of you, I mean, your Bible study teachers, your writers, your, you know, you're, you have lovely homes, lovely husbands and children and grandchildren, and you seem like the perfect pair as far as getting along. So why the need for this book? Well, I we're definitely the not the perfect pair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've, we have grown a lot. And I think, you know, because I've been married to Ben for 22 years, Barb and I have gone through a lot of different seasons together from, you know, the wedding to them living overseas the first seven years of our marriage and kind of navigating how do you build a relationship um, with so much distance. 
and having children. But I think, you know, just realizing that this relationship is tricky and mm-hmm. it it is hard, but it's so valuable because, you know, there's no one else who loves my husband and children as much as my mother-in-law <laughs> or my father-in-law, you know, we're, we're invested in the same people. And so it makes sense to want to improve that relationship and build it. But I think, you know, because of the tensions we've talked about, because of negative first impressions, a lot of times in-laws just kind of write each other off right mm-hmm. from the beginning and, and think, you know, it's not worth it. Um, and I also think, you know, just being in ministry the past couple of decades, Ben and I have done a good amount of pre-marriage counseling and marriage counseling and, and in-laws is a huge topic and, and one that often involves, you know, conflict and frustration. So, you know, I think Barb and I, we're not writing because we're experts, but we're, we're writing because we've grown and we've stumbled and we've learned through our mistakes. Well, what you're talking about is countercultural, that our culture does not value the in-law relationship. So you're starting off from that point, it seems to me that, I mean, what you've just described, what you said is there's value. Barb, what would you say to a young woman who is in conflict with her mother-in-law? She just can't stand her because she's so interfering or all those things. How would you change her perspective? toward mm-hmm. her mother-in-law? What, what would you say to her to help her, her worldview about in-law relationships change? Well, it would be helpful to, to talk to her about the very things that Stacy just mentioned, the, the value of expanding our family and embracing each other in love. But I, I think probably the best hope that we could give anybody and in our in-law especially would be to help them to remember God that he has put you together and and so your role as members of this family it may seem haphazard but it's not a mistake it may seem like it was out of your control you didn't have much to do with this decision of being related to this person but it's not a mistake. And not only has God sovereignly put you together, but he is good and he has far reaching good for you both that will end up bringing glory to him. And, and I love the chapter on Naomi and Ruth in the book. I think there's a lot of things we could pull from that to, to just reassure one another that we're not going to be perfect. As Stacy said earlier, we didn't write this book because we were perfect. And we found great comfort in knowing that Naomi and Ruth weren't perfect, but praise God, he does use flawed people and he not only uses them, but he glorifies himself through them. So we can ask him to use us in our mother-in-law, our daughter-in-law's life to, um, help them see and help ourselves see how God is working for his good. So I would start with God, but there's certainly lots of practical things that we can do as well. Tell me some practical things. (laughs) I think practically determine that young woman is going to feel like an outsider 
you know, she's, she's on the outside trying to enter this family. And she shows that by reaching out to us or by resisting us and wanting to establish her, her own family without any kind of comparison. And I think a mother-in-law just can help be sensitive to that struggle that a daughter-in-law is in and recognize that she is family. There shouldn't be any kind of resistance in welcoming her in and fully making her a part of this family. And so I think, how do we do that? Well, I think Galatians 6.2 says it well when we're admonished to carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So I ask myself as a mother-in-law, am I carrying Stacy's burdens or am I laying more burdens on her? Again, practically, how do I carry burdens? Well, I pray for Stacy. I watch my words. I, I hold back on what I believe is great advice that she could really um, grow from and, unless I'm asked. And so coming alongside means helping out and staying with the kids for a date night. It means overlooking the small things, just choosing to let things go, even those things that sting and call or text, watch for the way that your daughter-in-law communicates best and don't assume or intrude. Certainly don't demand your own way and show lots of gratitude. Those are all really, really good points. And I'm thinking of the woman who's listening right now, the daughter-in-law, who's saying, man, I wish Barb was my (laughs) mother-in-law. But her mother-in-law is the one who, when there's a family picture being taken, says to the daughter-in-law, no, no, it's just family. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can think of a couple of friends who that has happened to. And so speak to that. Stacey, maybe you could talk to that daughter-in-law who, or mother-in-law who says, This all sounds wonderful, but you have two godly Christian women who love the word and love the Lord, and they're trying to work through it. But my mother-in-law, it's hopeless. There are so many barriers between us. She could care less about doing the things that Barb is talking about. What am I supposed to do? I'm a Christian. I I want to honor her the way the Bible says to, but I don't know. I, I just feel totally hopeless. It's so toxic. What would you say? Yeah, that's so hard. And I, I know that that's the reality in, in lots of relationships, sadly. But I think, you know, there's always hope with the gospel. We never should just write off the relationship as things will never change. But we start with our own heart. And so I would encourage her to start by praying for her own heart because there's likely been some bitterness or resentment that's been built up from these hurtful things and ask the Lord to soften your heart towards her. Ask him to help you extend grace to her the same way that Jesus extends grace to us. We don't deserve it. And he loves us unconditionally. And he sets the pattern for how we're supposed to love and how we're supposed to give grace. And maybe things will change and maybe walls will come down as you seek to love your mother-in-law, even though it's difficult in doing those same things that Barb has said, you know, like looking for ways to honor her, looking for ways to thank her, to appreciate her for, you know, hosting a holiday meal or 
watching the kids, like look for the, look for the good, look for what you can call out in her. That's good. And thank her for that. And maybe the walls will melt and you will be able to have a good relationship. But if nothing more, God will change you through the process and God will sanctify you and make you more like Christ as you seek to love who might be a difficult in-law, a difficult person in your life. Barb, can you think of a woman that you've talked to that has been in this situation, whether she's a mother-in-law or a daughter-in-law, who did exactly what Stacy has talked about, but didn't really see any change in the other person? What happens in that woman's heart? Yeah, well, definitely this person is at a point where she's just ready to throw in the towel, I guess you could say. And I'm sure we've all been there because that rejection over and over hurts. And it's hard to think that your mother-in-law or daughter-in-law will always be difficult, that this is a prayer request now and you, you're praying things change, but then reality hits that it may never change or it may be a long time. So I would want to encourage this woman that they have more possibilities than to quit or to to just be continually discouraged. As I said before, just start by looking through your circumstances to the person of God and know that that he has sovereignly and lovingly put you together. And that doesn't mean he's just going to watch you to see if you make it or not. He, he is using even the tough circumstances of our life to draw us to him. And he is the most important relationship and the most loving relationship, because not only will he command us to love whether we feel like it or not, but he will give us everything we need to love as he has loved us. So in that beautiful process, we end up loving him more and there's no more beautiful sustaining relationship and eternal relationship like that with our heavenly father. So I know that a person who's in a tremendously difficult time longs to have that loving relationship with their in-law, one that doesn't hurt anymore, but keep praying for God and depending on him. And he will give the true love that you need. And I think the great news to keep in mind, not only are you thinking ahead to who God is, but you're realizing that he has a bigger story in view. I mean, again, let's Let's think back to Naomi and Ruth. Through God's love to them, God reached out to others in the next generation. And through Ruth's descendant, the Lord Jesus, those women really are continuing to impact the world with the transforming love. Neither one of them, I mean, Naomi had such a prickly personality. And Ruth was who knows where in her relationship with God. And I'm sure that relationship was fraught with lots of tension. But this transforming love that God worked in their life kept going and is still going today. So this is hope for us in our relationship with a difficult in-law. This relationship is not only for the two of you. 
God has a bigger story in view for your family. And I think you can ask him to do more than you can imagine. Yeah. And I, I think you talk about this in your book too, that these are opportunities for us to be uh, transformed, Mm -hmm. that those difficult moments are like sandpaper and we're faced with a choice. We run to the Lord with that difficult opportunity, Mm -hmm. or we run away from him in anger and bitterness and just say, there's, there's nothing more to be done here, but God is doing something in our hearts. If we run to him with, with that hard place. Think about the woman who, the young wife, who she calls her mother every day, tells her everything that's going on. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I talked to my mother a lot when I was a young wife, and I have friends who do that, and it's a wonderful thing to have that kind of relationship. But what are some of the red flags that a mother should be watching for in that relationship so that her daughter is focused more on the balance of her husband being a priority and the comparisons you talked about earlier, comparing our mother-in-laws to maybe our own mothers. How can the mother help direct her daughter to have a more balanced view of those relationships? Because maybe the mother is tempted to commiserate with her daughter about the mother-in-law because she doesn't want her daughter to have a close relationship. Stacy, why don't you tackle that one? I'm sure that that is tricky. I'm, I'm not a mother-in-law yet, but I'm, I'm guessing I probably will be one day. But I think that, um, you know, the important thing is keeping in mind the priority of the marriage and that the husband really should be the, the primary person that the daughter is, you know, talking through problems with first, you know, that he, she's going to him first and talking through things before she's picking up the phone to call her mom. And I think that's kind of that leaving and cleaving of, you know, it's not that we can't still have a close relationship with our moms or our families of origin, but do we go to our husband first? So I think the mother could say, you know, if the daughter calls and, you know, mom, what do you think we should do about this? You know, should we sell the house and move or should we, you know, take this job? I think a good first question should be, what does your husband think? You know, what is, what has he said? Have you guys talked through this together? Have you sought the Lord together? you know, before, you know, jumping in with advice. And I'm sure that's probably hard because it always feels good to be asked what you think, right? <laughs> Most of us have opinions that we're very willing to share, but I think, you know, kind of pointing her back to the priority of her marriage and, you know, making sure she's honoring her husband in that way first. How about when she uses her mother as a sounding board about her rotten relationship with her mother-in-law? How, how can a mother help her daughter find that steady path of rebuilding that relationship? That is a tough one because there, there can be a little bit of a competitiveness um, it, within the in-laws, <laughs> among the in-laws, between the in-laws, and they don't even really often see each other or hear from each other. But if, if the daughter starts to talk to her mother about her mother-in-law, that in a strange twisted way almost works to affirm her relationship with her mother. And if the mother feeds into that, even unknowingly, it can just cause her daughter 
her daughter's division with her mother-in-law even more. So uh, it takes trust in God for the mother to help her daughter try to see things from her mother-in-law's perspective. I mean, it, it almost feels like you're being a traitor, but that's the best thing for your daughter to say, I love you, but try to see things from your mother-in-law's perspective and love her uh, because she deserves honor for being the mother of your husband. (laughs) So yes, go ahead. And, you know, I'm here for you and, and I, I love your heart, but know that your words still matter and building, building that relationship with your mother-in-law will be valuable to your family. And I think you've touched on this, but helping us see that this woman that we're having such a hard time with is the one who raised our husbands. Now, they may not have done it perfectly, and we're sure going to, you know, remember all their imperfections and all the things that they did wrong, probably, if we're not getting along. But he is, she is the one who raised him, and there was something about him that you fell in love with. And so maybe it could be traced back (laughs) to something that she did as a mother. And I think another thing too, is that someday, uh, daughter, you're going to be a mother-in-law maybe. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> think of how you want to be treated when you are in that role. What do you believe is the root cause of all of these conflicts? Well, I think our, our sinful nature, right? Of, you know, we are so selfishly inclined to want things to go the way we want them to go, to you know, have a perfect plan. I have a perfect plan in my mind. Um, so when things don't happen that way, you know, it can be easy to get frustrated, to get resentful, but yeah, I think sin is, is always the root cause of our conflicts. And so Barb, what would you say that if that's the root cause, what it's, what is the path forward when we Mm -hmm. recognize this is a sin nature problem? It is a sin nature problem. And the king of all sins is pride, right? And it's just what Stacy said. We want things our way, whether we're a mother-in-law or daughter-in-law. And, and so t- it helps to remember that we have an enemy who twists even our good intentions to destroy the good. I, you know, I, I think that uh, I think back on my own pride when I created what I thought was something very good for our family, a wonderful holiday, getaway, vacation for us. And, and just as, as an aside, something we probably all know is that holidays can create kind of a perfect storm for conflict. But I wanted to create a very lasting memory for my family with a special trip. And I planned everything down to the last detail. And here was the problem. I I really didn't include everybody else in that planning. And I, you know, wrote it all down. I planned it all out. And my expectation was that everyone would follow this unwritten script. But I know you can think of what happened next. It's that everybody came to this event, this family reunion with their own dreams and they hadn't read my script. So my pride wanted to just twist that all to 
to making it a very tense time. Pride was telling me that I deserved to have my own way. And humility, uh, which is God's gift to us, says what's important is building others up. And so that created a crisis of belief for me. And I learned a lot from that experience. And I learned that conflict is an opportunity, really. You include that story in your book. And as I was reading it, I thought, I know where this is going. (laughs) Because I did it in a similar situation. But I could see, you know, if you called a girlfriend and you said, you're not going to believe what in the world is going on here with my family. I spent all this money. I did all this planning. I prepared this wonderful place for them. And they're all fighting and they don't want to do what I want them to do. And they're off all by themselves. And we're supposed to be together. And your girlfriend would say, oh, that's terrible. I can't believe they're being so ungrateful. So we would have plenty of support for that sin problem. Um, And it's we're really confronted with the choice then of, yes, I have the right to feel the way that I feel. But as you just said, there's an opportunity for there was something transformative going on in your own heart at that point. And I think that's one of the things I really loved about your book, Making Room for Her, is that you gently and kindly keep turning us back to the opportunities to, for that primary relationship with the Lord, that um, we can hang on to those offenses, or we can take them to the Lord and say, what a what's in my heart? Is there some way for me to respond that is not my natural way? And that's hard, especially when our friends would commiserate with us and and tell us like, Stacey, if you talk to your friends about it and say, you can't believe what my mother-in-law did, you know, and they're like, well, that's terrible. How could she have expected you to do all that stuff? It depends. I think our friends are very important in this journey as well. That's part of, you know, the beauty of this book, I think, is that there's both perspectives. And, you know, you're hearing not just the mother-in-law's perspective or not just the daughter-in-law, but we're both weighing in on how we've seen ourselves fail in different ways and things that we've learned. And so I learned a lot, even in writing it, you know, I just felt like I learned a lot more about who Barb is and how I can be more sensitive to her or minister to her more. so anyway, I hope that that will, will bless the readers. Well, I want to encourage uh, listeners to get the book, Make Room for Her by Barb and Stacy Riach. I hope that this conversation has been like salty peanuts, that you just want to hear more about mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationships. There's This book is packed with scripture and stories. And as I've said, it's just, a, they just gently lead you to the, message of the gospel over and over and over again. And it can, I think it could transform your thinking about your in-law because the gospel has a totally different perspective than our culture does when it comes to our relationships. So as we wrap up, and I, I hate wrapping up because I think we could just talk for a long time about this topic. Stacy, I'd like for you to speak as a daughter-in-law to a mother-in-law who is ready to quit on trying to have a close relationship with her daughter-in-law. And then Barb, I want you to speak to the daughter-in-law who is ready to quit. Um, Just, you know, you have just a brief moment in the hallway. Um, She's dumped this story on you. What, What would you share with her? 
Well, I would encourage her not to throw in the towel that with God, all things are possible and that God can change even the hardest hearts. But again, to start with your own heart, to pray that the Lord softens your heart towards your daughter-in-law, that you would look for ways to love her, even when it's harder. Natural inclination is going to be to move away and to withdraw, but instead ask God to give you grace to take steps towards her, to look for ways to love her in practical ways, whether that's through your words or dropping a card in the mail or dropping a meal off, anything that you know would communicate love to her And ask the Lord to work through those little deeds of kindness and words of affirmation that her heart would soften towards you and that there would be a change, that that your relationship could grow and thrive. And even if your daughter-in-law doesn't change, be assured that God is changing you in the process and that he's making you more like himself as you seek to love her and move towards her. I would just say, it, and this does apply to anybody really, but you're, you're at a loss. You, you've lost what you really hoped for. And, th- and that is hard. But I would tell you that God meets us in our losses and he will meet you. I would say, just tell him your need. Ask him to speak words of comfort and guidance to you from his word so that you know of his presence with you, that he doesn't just have you out there hanging on by yourself. He, he's put you in this situation to be with you and show you his presence, perhaps like you've never felt it before. In your loss, in this hard, hard situation, He intends to strengthen your faith in him and learn that he alone is your life. So I would say, uh, dear daughter-in-law, ask him to restore your love for him and your mother-in-law who may continue to be unlovely and to restore your hope in him. I'd say pray through verses like Romans 5, 1 through 5, and any other scriptures that he gives you along the way so that you sense his buoying you up and giving you vision and purpose for his plan in your family's life. Thank you so much, Barb and Stacy. And I'm Sharon Betters, and I am the host of this Help and Hope podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. And my guests today have been Barb and Stacy Riach, and we've been talking about the message of making room for her. I want to highly recommend it. Again, I hope that you're intrigued by our conversation, that maybe it's challenging you to rethink your relationships with your in-laws and uh, looking for ways to really perhaps recapture what you may have started out with or maybe have a whole new relationship because you know that the Lord, that is where the Lord would be glorified. We're going to have in our show notes where you can get the book, but you can get it anywhere. Uh, Any platform that sells good books is going to have Making Room for Her. We'll also have more information about Barb and Stacy's ministry, their writing ministry at markinc.org. That's M-A-R-K-I-N-C.org. I hope that 
you will pass the word. If you've enjoyed this conversation, you'll share it with your friends that you will let us know that it has been a blessing to you. Again, I'm Sharon Batters. Thank you so much for joining us today for our Help and Hope podcast. Thank you for listening to this Help and Hope podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Visit markinc.org, M-A-R-K-I-N-C.org to find additional free resources on a variety of topics. Online counseling services are also available through Anchored Hope Biblical Counseling by visiting helpandhopenow.org. That's helpandhopenow.org. Download the Help and Hope app on your mobile device. Hope is just one click away.